Hello, this is Shweta from the Florence School of Regulation and I have with me today Ife Ikonu from Nigeria. Uh, she's been a fantastic woman and her CV, which is 26 years of uh, service in the energy sector, is quite diverse. Being a lawyer, having worked in the utility, having initiated a number of pioneering initiatives in Africa, particularly West Africa, uh, she will be here to share some of her experiences from the field. So, Ife, like I said, you have been at the forefront of some of the major initiatives in Africa. So, could you share some of these initiatives with us and tell us how you got them going in the first place? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, let me start from my country, Nigeria, basically. I was privileged to be part of the team that was part of uh, the Electric Sector Reform Program. And uh, which led to the creation of the Nigerian Electricity Regulatory Commission, uh, where I was also privileged to be one of the first set of uh, staff that were pretty much uh, sent to set up that institution. I headed the Legal License and Enforcement Division and was also privileged at some point to also set up the Strategy and Project Management Unit of uh, NERC. And all of these were all pioneering efforts, and uh, it was uh, a learning experience. It was also something that gave me the opportunity to innovate and to help grow in my career. Uh, subsequently, with the creation of the ECOWAS Regional Electricity Regulatory Authority in 2009, I had the privilege again of being appointed as one of the first set of commissioners in 2010. Um, I resumed uh, work at Herrera in January 2011, where I was a commissioner up until 2015, where again uh, I also had the privilege of heading that institution as a chairperson up until 2016, when my tenure at the commission ended. Um, Herrera itself was a very innovative idea because uh, it was indeed the first uh, regional regulatory body anywhere, I think in the world really, if you want to look at it that way. Because where we have a number of regional regulatory associations, uh, we hadn't quite experimented with having a regional electricity regulatory body that had the full powers of a regulator. So for us at Herrera, part of uh, the challenge we faced initially was the fact that there was really nothing to learn from. Uh, we had associations, we could look at what they were doing, but these were associations that uh, probably had no enforcement powers, had no regulatory powers and all of that. We had all of that, we could license, um, we had the powers to make laws and regulations, and uh, more importantly, what also uh, made the era different was the fact that uh, we had a mandate to set up a market out of really nothing. Because typically, uh, most electricity markets uh, come from a basis of having excess demand, and somebody out there is interested in buying whatever excess capacity you had. But in the case of Herrera, the whole purpose of um, putting in place an electricity market for West Africa was to see how an enabling regulatory framework can help in attracting investments into the power sector to help alleviate the wide electricity access gap we have in the region. Uh, West Africa has an access rate of just about 30%. So in order to really see how we can close up that gap, 
it is very, very important to ensure that you have the right framework that will allow for private sector participation, as well as ensuring that even the state-owned utilities are run in an efficient manner. So all of this, uh, the challenges uh, were faced uh, initially at Herrera, trying to balance uh, all of these needs and to also ensure that the goals and objectives uh, of the ECOWAS member states in putting in place a regional market were met, really. So um, for us, uh, all of these things uh, were things that we had to learn, like I said, as uh, we moved along and all of that. Uh, and luckily, by the time uh, we left, or the time that the tenure of the first set of commissioners uh, was completed in 2016, like I said, we had been able to put in place the fundamental um, framework that would enable the uptake of that market. That included um, the regional market rules, the West African um, Power Pool Operational Manual. We had a, a tariff methodology for cross-border electricity transmission tariffs. And we also had in place a dispute resolution uh, mechanism that would help to resolve disputes amongst member states. So hopefully with all of this thing in place, and Aurora I believe is um, set to launch the market sometime, I think at the end of this year. So uh, for me really, I think uh, these are some of the things that I want to highlight in terms of the pioneering effort we had put in place to establish the ECOWAS regional electricity market. Thank you. And clearly it's been impressive that 15 member states have come in to harmonize the region. And like you mentioned, it's a low access energy region, but high on innovation and motivation. So I hope that by the end of the year, we see po more positive uh, results coming out from there. Uh, next, I would like to ask you, you're doing something quite completely different from what you've done in all your career. Uh, you being an empowered woman uh, through your own uh, Echo Green Foundation, you are empowering other women. So how exactly are you doing this? Okay, thank you very much. Um, my years of working in the energy sector uh, pretty much uh, opened my eyes to the fact that there's a huge gap in terms of uh, women participation, especially at the very high levels of the energy industry. Yes, I had been privileged to participate, you know, perhaps I could say at the very um, highest level, having been privileged uh, to chair a regional regulatory body, but I am also aware that for most women, that is not the normal. Uh, the energy sector typically is male-dominated, and I think this is even worse so in developing countries uh, such as Africa, where we have very little representation of women at the executive level. That is on one hand. The other bit of it again in terms of uh, the women empowerment thing is also at a very low level because um, we see a lot of women in Africa who are very keen in going into all forms of entrepreneurship. And uh, part of the barrier that they've had in actually getting to the top is the fact that finance continues to be a big issue. Uh, most energy projects do require 
a certain level of finance in terms of maybe setting up a car company no matter how small it is and then i am also aware of the fact that in terms of the impact of a lack of access to electricity in rural africa women are the most impacted it is women that will have to go you know for long you know um, that need to trek long distances in order to perhaps fetch firewood because there's no access to electricity or any other clean form of cooking it's uh, women that uh, have to bear the burden of more adjust house cleaning because they do not uh, have some of um, the appliances or even electricity to run some of the appliances um, that can make life easier in terms of household chores and all of that so it is in the light of some of these challenges that uh, I have felt very passionate on how we can help uh, empower women essentially, you know, both at the lower levels of the economy and more importantly at the executive level to see how we can ensure some form of uh, gender balance and gender mainstreaming, you know, that would help women you know, reach to their highest potentials. Um, I've been privileged to participate uh, in the mentoring program that has been organized by the Women in Energy of the ISF for the last three years. And uh, I, you know, um, I have seen firsthand how that program has actually encouraged uh, a lot of uh, younger women to grow more confident in the fact that if they've seen other women aspire and actually uh, reach the executive level that it's also a possibility that is something that they can do. I think it's important because uh, typically uh, the narrative, as we say it, usually says that uh, it is difficult for women to get there or that there are not enough women role models and all of that. So it is because of these reasons that I, you know, and along with uh, like-minded people put in place the Eco Green Foundation, uh, we operate out of uh, Accra and uh, typically what we try to do is to see how we can uh, encourage women to be more emboldened, to be more self-confident and to see how we can assist them to reach the highest pinnacle of their career. On the other hand as well, uh, we're also working with rural women indeed to see how we can help them in improving access to electricity. Uh, we work closely with the ECOWAS Center for Renewable Energy and uh, Energy Efficiency who have just put in place uh, a new regulation on gender mainstreaming in energy projects, which I think is really, really innovative. And I also know that they have a number of programs that they've put in place that is supposed to encourage women entrepreneurship. But as but uh, I think more more importantly, there is need for a lot of advocacy on, on these programs because not many people are aware of this program. So we at, Agro, uh, we at uh, Echo Green um, are here to create advocacy about these programs and to also work uh, with other uh, agencies and like-minded bodies that can help in any way uh, to promote women empowerment, especially in rural Africa for women entrepreneurs. And like I said it before, in terms of also encouraging women professionals in the energy industry 
in Africa to reach their fullest potentials. Thank you. And like you said, I think access to energy and access to empowerment is through access to information. And uh, you're doing a tremendous job with that. My last question for you, uh, is there a woman that in particular that inspires you from either the energy sector or from beyond? Um, I come from Nigeria where we've had uh, a number of women, I think, that have uh, done quite a bit in terms of uh, changing the trajectory in terms of our economy and all of that. Um, one of such women is uh, Dr. Angazi Okoje Iwala. She's not really in the energy sector. She's an economist. She's, she was appointed as the Minister of Finance in Nigeria. She's had a very uh, glowing career in the World Bank, and uh, she brought all of that to bear during her appointment you know, as uh, the Minister of Energy. She showed clearly what women could do, you know, if you have the right women in the right place and all of that. Because um, for us as a country, I think that Nigeria's economy performed best when we had her as uh, the Minister uh, of Finance and indeed the Coordinating Minister uh, for the economy at that point in time. So uh, for me, I draw a lot of uh, inspiration from women like that. And I know that there are loads and loads of examples of uh, women all over the world too who have done quite well. But uh, this is close to home, so it's uh, easier for me to relate with someone whose action directly impacted even on my own life as a Nigerian. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think close to home is always a very, very strong inspiration. I resonate with that. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for taking time and joining us on this podcast. Yeah, thank you so much too for having me. It's been a pleasure.